Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Moving Past Your Radio Show. I'm your host, Juanita Gaynor, and I definitely want to welcome you to this evening's show. Um, I pray that everyone had a wonderful resurrection weekend. Of course, we just came out of Lent season, and then we had Holy Week, so it has been you just you know a really high time, just really focusing and thinking about what God has done for us, how he's moved for us. And so when you think about that, of course, tonight's topic is kind of appropriate. And what we're going to talk about this evening, and the question I'm asking everyone is, has your bottom fallen out yet? And before we get into the meat of the topic, let's open up in prayer. Oh, Lord, we give you our worries and concerns, and we ask for your guidance. Lord, you see it all, our outer circumstances, our inner turmoil, and we know you understand our life, and sometimes our heart weighs heavy with trouble. Right now, we lay these things before you. We breathe in faith in the knowledge that we are held by grace, and we breathe out knowing that we are held so be attentive to your voice. May we be alert to your guiding as we journey onwards with you. We love you. We praise you in your son's name. Amen. So when I think about <laughs> did when my bottom fell out, when it completely, completely fell out. It brings me back to a key scripture, and that is Proverbs, the third chapter, the fifth and the sixth verse. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And the reason why I bring that scripture up, because about in April of 2012, my bottom, I completely hit rock bottom. You know, it was a painful experience and lesson to learn. You know, I was asking myself, you know, why had I gone through this? You know, what had I gone through? Why am I still going through this craziness within this world? And I had to realize that I really, at that point in time, had taken my eyes off of the prize. I had become so sidetracked, again, by what others wanted and needed and how to make them happy, and how to build them again. And it was always, always to my own detriment. So basically God had to allow the bottom to fall out. And I had to truly realize that he was my source and the one that I needed to please was him and no one else. You know, if you think about, you know, we wear so many hats within our lives. But we can't forget that we belong to him in every aspect of our life has to be a reflection of him. But I do know that during this period, I had to understand the strength of brokenness. You know, in order for God to use us to his full extent, the Lord has to sometimes break us so that we might have a new kind of strength that is not human in origin. 
And I'm a, let me stress that because we so time, so many times rely on our human side and what we gonna do and how things are gonna go. We never really think about, you know, God. We're so worried about everyone else. We're so worried about how we're going to do it, how we can do it, and things like that. And the strength that he has to give us, we can't give ourselves. It is not human strength. It definitely isn't. You know, it is a strength in the spirit that is only born through brokenness. What I mean by that, it means, you know, when we're broke, we're broken, we see the frailty of the human strength and comes to grips with the reality that we can't do nothing on our own strength. That is that power. You know, then when we realize that, you know, we get a new assurance emerges that God uses mightily. He uses us mightily. You know, he doesn't want us to be proud. He doesn't want us to be boastful. You know, this sometimes this brokenness gives us the grace to be humble. You know, many of us fear brokenness, but, you know, for it may be missing that ingredient to life, you know, that you just think, like, I don't want to ever be broken. But sometimes you have to pray for that because to get to the next level that God wants you to be, sometimes you have to be broken. And there's no way around it. You know, we always wanted to be I know I always wanted to be, maybe y'all didn't, but I always wanted it to be rosy and peachy keen, and I didn't really want to work for it. I didn't really want to struggle or, you know, get to that next thing. I wanted always the blessing. You know, I didn't want the full, you know, responsibility of it. So, therefore, I, I didn't want it. I was, I was good where I was at. No other place. I was good where I was at. So in April 2012, when I say I hit rock bottom, I hit it emotionally, financially, mentally, and I literally, and spiritually. It was, I had no choice but to finally face myself you know, brutally, painfully, and honestly. It was just laid to less bare. And when I think on it, of course, seven years later, you know, I'm grateful for the incredible gift that time bestowed upon me. It stilled in me a deep trust, and it made me realize that God actually had my back. Contrary to my external appearances and bank balances. Now, you may think I'm crazy for saying this, but in all honesty, I would do it again in a heartbeat because the incredible insights and growth that I gained, you know, through what was definitely the darkest hours. But just like any good adventure, any bad adventure, it's only worthwhile if you come back having learned some solid lessons and you share that wisdom with someone else after you survived that fall. You know, what got me to this point was I 
was always known to always put people before me, ministries before me. I had been serving in ministry since I was seven years old, and it was always everybody before me, everything before me. And then as I got older, it became everything before me, but then it was before God. It wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't what he desired. So it was always, you know, someone else using the term that, oh, we're doing this for the ministry, or we're doing this for God, but it really wasn't for him. It was for their own self-gain. And because I was so stressed, stretched and tapped and just really not tuned in to what God was trying to tell me, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I was so completely depleted on all levels, but my only focus was to make sure that everyone else was okay. And that is not good. Because when you do that, when you do it, it's detrimental. It doesn't serve you well. And then you get back up saying, well, I thought I had it. I thought this was going good. You may not say that. I know I did. I know I did. You know, and when I think about looking back over that time period, I have about 10 to 12, you know, points and reasons why if you feel that you're in a place and you feel like you're spiraling out of control, why hitting rock bottom at least once, like really once in your lifetime, why it is the best thing that could ever, ever truly happen to you. And again, many of you are probably listening to me like, okay, she is real crazy. Like, why would I want to hit rock bottom? Why would I want to be without, why would I want to feel like I don't have anything? Trust me, listen. Number one, at the bottom you realize how far off course you were and that your life choices were simply not sustainable. You heard that term, term keep trying to keep up with the Joneses or the Smiths? Sometimes we put ourselves in situations financially, spiritually, emotionally that is not sustainable because we're trying to live up to someone else's expectation of what we should be or what it should be. You know, because when you hit rock bottom, it's in those dark moments of despair that your anger and frustration becomes so great that you declare once and for all to never again accept such mediocrity from yourself and from others. And why do I say from yourself? Because we don't, we didn't think enough of ourselves not to put ourselves in that position and to put ourselves last. So, therefore, we have to say we're not going to, you know, accept it from ourselves because when we don't accept it from ourselves, we won't accept it from other people. So it's hard to make the change to say I'm going to do better, but you still treat yourself like a second-class citizen. Number two, at the bottom, your dysfunctional behaviors are finally revealed. Now, don't get me wrong. I knew I had some issues, but I didn't know that I had some issues. You know, if you never hit your lowest point, the dysfunctions continue to go unnoticed and unchecked. 
you know, playing out under the denial radar and inevitably creating a bigger dysfunctions and a harder fall down the track. So sometimes you have to be grateful for when that fall was allowed to happen because many of us have our own, you know, little gripes and our own little, you know, chips on our shoulders and our own little things that we like to do. However, some of those are so damaging that if they're left to go on too long unchecked, the fall later down the road is so much greater and so much devastating, and it takes so much longer to come back from. So for many of you who are at rock bottom right now, be grateful right now you may be at that. So, you know, that attitude that you always had is being checked. That petty, you know, emotion that you notion you always had is being checked right now. Don't let it get to the point where you have, you feel that you've arrived and you not only have things, but you have what you consider so much more to lose to hit rock bottom. I was grateful that even though I lost substantial income and position and things like that, I wasn't to the point where I I lost it all. In my mind, I thought I was losing it all. In my mind, I thought it was just the worst thing that could happen at the time, but it was the best time for me to hit that rock bottom because I had to truly address some things that was going on. Like I, that bubble that I continually lived in for most of my life, it had to burst. You know, think about it. We, we cleverly delude ourselves into thinking everything is just great. And if you really think about it, when you hit that rock bottom, you realize that your life was built on a big, fat lie and a false foundation. Three, hitting rock bottom is the beginning of questioning everything you thought to be true. Now, for me, it was a, it was a good thing. It was good cop, bad cop. I questioned decisions I made turned, I made and didn't make. I questioned opportunities that I let slip through my fingers because I was always wrapped up in someone else. You know, I questioned my motives. I questioned other people's motives. And trust me, I questioned my beliefs. And the fears that I had became magnified by a hundred and you you question yourself, like, why did you do those things? Why didn't you do those things? Why did you attract certain people and circumstances? Why you succeeded when someone else didn't? Why you failed in a situation when everyone else around you didn't fail? You think when you hit rock bottom, the very fabric of your life is turned upside down. And now you have to examine it in a raw detail. It is raw, unedited, just open. It's from that point you build again from the ground up with fresh perspective based on a renewed sense of clarity. Now, in all of this, your prayer life is going to be on point, or as some of the kids say, on fleek. Yeah. But they're right. Your prayer life, because you, you're going to be talking to him more than you ever talked to him before the fall. 
because you're trying to get clarity. You're trying to get some understanding. You're asking him questions. You angry. You mad. If you like me, we were having, I was having full-fledged arguments with God. Like he was standing right there, and I was just having full-fledged arguments, tearing up, crying, but it's not everything. I was, I was hot. I was angry. I was upset. Like, excuse me, who are you? Why'd you do this? I mean, what did I do to deserve this? I'm serving you. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm always in the church. I am doing everything I can. You know, everyone's pulling me here. And you know what he said to me? He's like, you ain't serving me. You serving them. And that hit, that hurt. I don't care what no one says. That hurt. Because when I hit bottom, I had to deal with the fact that he was actually right. I wasn't serving him. Not at all. I was not serving him. I was serving man. I was serving in the desire and needs of others. I was not serving him. So when you're there, you're, that conversation, that relationship is truly beginning to grow with God because now you are really talking to him and you're really seeking him. You're pulling up your word. You're doing the things that you need to do because you want to find out what happened. Where did I go wrong? What did I miss? The fourth observation that I obtained when I hit rock bottom, you know, at the bottom, my crazy patterns and behaviors became glaringly obvious. And the triggers that kept me repeating those behaviors come in, came into very, very sharp focus. I mean, I you realize when you hit rock bottom, you know, was not only inevitable but necessary. Because the behaviors that I know I was exhibiting, and many of you probably are have exhibited, were just not conducive with the growth. It wasn't conducive with the walk. It wasn't conducive with the call that he has for you. So, therefore, it was never, it was oil and water. It was never going to mix. And on top of that, and perhaps most importantly, all of the roles you've been playing pop into your conscious awareness. It becomes clear that you've been some kind of puppet, playing the same role over and over, creating the same dynamics over and over, keeping the drama going over and over. And I prided myself in not being in drama, but here's the thing. I didn't create the drama. But because I was always making sure that people around me or whatever was okay and situated and taking care of whatever, I, in essence, was helping to undergird the drama in which they were creating. So I was creating the drama not knowing it. I was enabling them. I was so wrapped up in taking care of them that I didn't check them. I didn't say, hey, you're not supposed to do that. Hey, that's not a God. You can't operate that way because I was too busy trying to make sure that they were happy and pleased that my not saying anything contributed to that drama. 
it's, a, it's amazing what happens when we keep our mouth closed in certain situations, especially when we know better, and I knew better. Now, that may not be everyone's story at this point. Everyone who may be listening currently or may listen on the replay, you may be new to the faith. So, therefore, you may not know, you know, that that was an error. But I knew. I, I had been in ministry long enough to know what was right and what was wrong. You know, grandmother raised me, came up in church. She was, you know, real stickler for making sure we knew that. So I knew. But because I had my own deep-seated issues that I refused to deal with before the fall, and I used the fact that I was still searching for love and acceptance and whatever the things that I didn't get as a child, so therefore people, the enemy used that to help people use me. And so I became blind to what was glaringly obvious just so that I can think that I can fulfill this particular void that only God could fill. You know, basically I was like a well-paid actor in a soap opera. You know, it's not until you break the mold and start the journey back to your true self that you stop playing, you know, those old scratch records and to be, you know, begin to create new outcomes, new life. And basically what you have to do is that that is when you hit rock bottom, it is taking, is ripping the Band-Aid off of those scars, ripping those scabs up so that the infection can come out. And, again, it is not, you know, pleasant. Sometimes, have you ever really, you know, had a scab and you know that you have to get that scab removed so that the thing can heal properly? But in the process before they do it and once they do it, you know, you it smells, it looks ugly, it's disgusting, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And then... <clears throat> They clean it up, and it begins to heal properly. That's what rock bottom has to do for a lot of us. We have to let those scabs be pulled off and yanked off so the infection can ooze out, and it can be bled out so that it can be cleaned up properly and nursed and bandaged properly so it can properly heal. You know, five, you realize at the bottom that you were, in fact, not where you thought you were in life. And that was the biggest upset because I thought that I was at a certain level. I thought I was really good, that everything was okay, and that wasn't the case. You know, I let my ego run the show with the ideas of who I was and what I was. Not, and see, the thing is, I knew I didn't have the foundation to successfully accomplish a lot of things. But there was a part of me that I had to admit that I didn't care. My ego was stroking the fact that, girl, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go through all that. It doesn't take all of that to get to where you're trying to get to. Who told you that? 
And I know I told it to myself. I was just, I thought I was the bee's knees, that I had everything. But nothing was sustainable because there was no foundation. And I know people say, well, you said you were, you know, you saved, you raised up in the church. Yes, I was. But my foundation had been destroyed as a young child. So, therefore, I literally had nothing. And so, therefore, not knowing that that foundation was needed to build to build a strong building, everything I did was like sitting on quicksand. And I just refused to do sometimes what was necessary because it was painful dealing with the childhood abuse, dealing with the, you know, emotions that came with it, dealing with, you know, feeling ashamed and embarrassed. I didn't want to deal with those. So I thought I had dealt with it on my own terms and kind of compartmentalized it. And in my mind, I was living my best life. And when you lose that ego, when you come off of that ego trip, because you can't be on ego trip sitting on rock bottom, sitting on rocks, all scraped up and scattered. You, you can't. You, there is no ego there. That ego trip has died. When you fell, it fell with you, and shattered into millions of pieces, to the point where you couldn't even put it back together. You have to start to trust God and trust that the life he's given you is sufficient. You have to surrender that ego. You have to align with the right purpose and the right path. That means you can't no longer, you know, walk away from the call. You can no longer walk away from the purpose. Because it's glaring sitting there because you need to embrace it and do what's necessary so that you can move forward in it because it's the only way you're going to be able to get up off the rocks. It's the only way. And that self-reflection, that mirror is not pretty. And that's not being to say it to make people feel bad, to make them think anything less or whatever. It is not pretty, but it's necessary. It's not pretty, but it's necessary. So when you're talking with other people and you're just doing whatever, and it's just like, you know what, it's great not to have troubles. It's great not to have trials. It's great not to think that everything is going to be perfect. But it's when you get into that mindset and when you get to where God wants you to be, that is when the challenges are going to come. That's when it's going to get good. Because, see, the enemy thinks you're rock bottom. He relishes in that because he thinks that he now has fresh meat to bring into, because what he's going to do is he's going to promise you the world. That's all he can do is promise you worldly things. He's going to promise you this and heaven and earth, and he's going to make be able to help you get to the next point faster. But this is what I want you to ask yourself when that happens. Didn't he promise you that before? And sometimes isn't that why you where you're at right now? 
And you may be saying, no, um, I'm a Christian, I believe. Let me explain when you've allowed the enemy to come in and you've begun to kind of, quote, unquote, follow him in some aspect when you strayed, when you are more focused on money than God, when you are focused on other people than God, when you are focused on others to the point where your own health comes at risk. Because if you are not in a good, healthy space, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you can't be of service. And the enemy knows this, so he does things to get you distracted and to think that you're doing such great work. You know, yes, you may be working in the ministry, but um, how good is home if you are working, you know, say, for instance, it's Saturday. You're there all day Saturday, all day Sunday. You're there for Bible study on Wednesday, choir rehearsal on Thursday, and whatever else. When do you take care of home? When do you take care of family? When do you do those things? So, therefore, the enemy has found a way to distract you from doing what is right. When do you reach out to God? When do you pray? When do you study? When do you seek him? Distractions all around. So, therefore, we have to kind of keep our eyes on the prize. Number six is my favorite observation. I gained humility. And I know people be like, well, you know, I know people who know me who would say, well, you're always so humble, you're always so sweet. And I say, yeah, to you. But I was like, for real, I had some real messed up tendencies, some real petty ways that I rolled in, especially back in that time, even before then. I did. So there was a lot of things I wasn't humble in. I, I would choose when I'd be humble. I would choose when I have humility. Hitting rock bottom gave me a great humility. I saw life, I saw that life wasn't black and white and that I didn't know everything. In fact, I realized, you know, that I knew very, very little. And what I decided on that day, once I came out and once I saw, I became not only a student of life, but I became a renewed student of God and the word and my purpose and what that would take to get to where God needed me to be. I accepted that I could not move forward, do anything outside of him. You know, so I decided that I wanted to be a student of life. I wanted to live life instead of always being the judge and juror of people. Now, I'll be honest, you would never hear me say it or you would never see me write it or anything like that, but I thought it. I feel like, who she thinks she is? And my life is crazy itself. But behind closed doors, that's what I did. Also, you gain compassion. That was also another aspect for me in going through this process is gaining the compassion because I can be cold. 
And that just, of course, comes from me with things experienced in life and in childhood. But I was just extra cold. I, it didn't matter. It's like, you know, with children, of course, I had this natural compassion for children, and I had this natural care and protective of children as a person who was a child that was abused, you know. But for others, always, it was just like I didn't always have that compassion. Like, I wouldn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to try to understand. I was looking at you like, you need to go ahead and fix that. What is your problem? That's where I was seven years ago, you know. Um, I learned to understand what it was like for people in the depths of despair and shame and guilt and fear. You know, you can't help but come back from the bottom feeling immense empathy with the human condition. Because if you hit rock bottom and you still don't learn and you don't come out being a compassionate, you know, humble human being full of love and eager to learn and eager to do what God says you are, that you need to do, then I don't know what to say. I, I don't I haven't experienced anyone who has hit their rock bottom and not came back a better person, you know, who's gotten closer to God, who's really seeking hit their purpose, who's really become open and compassionate and more loving, you know, who don't judge anyone. I stopped judging and because I could then truly see how someone else would feel. So when people bring things to me now, my first question is, what happened to that person to, as a child or coming up to make them act the way that they act? Because I had to understand and see that certain things that I did, I could see myself and that person doing something, and then I understood what happened to me. So therefore, I can have compassion for that person because I can only imagine, you know, I know what I went through. So I don't know what that person could have went through, but they're exhibiting similar behaviors and similar, you know, problems. And it's just like, Lord, you know, whatever's going on, help them. So that judge and jury mentality turned to one of love and compassion and prayer. I was always seeking God when someone was going through something or, you know, people, that's when you know, internet became really, really prevalent, and people would post things like, I don't care if they was a celebrity or whatever. My question was always, what happened to this person to make them behave this way? And instead of talking about them, instead of, you know, poking fun at them, why aren't you lifting them up in prayer? Why is their family putting this out on blast? Why isn't, you know, someone helping them to seek some type of help so that they can become a better human being for themselves before they can be it for others? So this hitting rock bottom truly helped me see others in a different light and have the compassion for them that I wish somebody could have had for me during my, you know, crazy times when I was coming up in my late teens, early 20s. Trust me, those were some rough, rough years. Number eight, you're able to let go of everything because nothing was working anyways. When you hit rock bottom, there's, there's no reason to hold on to anything. 
you know, letting go of the old creates a space for, you know, the new and improved and better, you know, better ideas, new ideas, new peoples, new opportunities, new talents, you know, and all of that will start to flood into your experience. You know, when, when you empty your cup, you know, so to speak, you fill it back up with stuff that you actually want need and desire instead of accepting what was unconsciously passed on to you. It hands you a fresh cup of reality. It allows you to not just take what someone gives you at face value. It allows you to just say, you know what, I am worth something. I am worth what God has put out here, and I deserve the best. I don't need to start keeping myself or treating myself as a second-class person. So hitting rock bottom allows you to get rid of and let go of all the stuff that wasn't working beforehand. And sometimes that means friends and family and um, opportunities and jobs, houses. There's a lot of things that sometimes happens when you hit rock bottom. I know it was, you know, friends, it was family for me, it was financial, because I had to begin to rely on God and God only. I was so reliant on everything else that everyone else was doing for me and running around that I wasn't reliant on him. So he had to strip me of those things so that I became focused on him again. That cup of reality for me was awesome because, again, like I said earlier, I began to truly trust and understand that God had always had me. He was just waiting for me to get to a point where he could truly pour into me so that he can show me how much he had my back. You know, after you've hit the bricks, the brick walls, I was good at hitting brick walls. Man, me and brick walls were probably friends. Like, if I was really hitting them in real life, I would not be here. Trust me. But what I also did is I accepted the responsibility for things that I had done or I had a part in. But I also learned to accept the fact that it was not my fault what happened to me as a child. A lot of my years was thinking that if I was a better daughter, that, you know, my mom wouldn't have left, we wouldn't have gotten so many beatings, you know, I wouldn't have been abused sexually if I was a better daughter. And so what happened was during this process, um, I started to begin to accept that God was showing me that that's not my fault. And he was pouring that into me. Like, it's not your fault. It was never your fault. And so you have to stop carrying that guilt of something that you had no control over. And that, for me, was the biggest part, the hardest part to give up. Because I, it would take some years to get through good counseling. But the reason why I didn't want to give that up, because then I would have to truly accept that my mother did this, and I wasn't at a place. And you know what? And God knows you, and he doesn't push you to the point where he completely breaks you. He pushes you enough to get you to the next level. And I wasn't ready to completely accept 
that I wasn't, you know, responsible for what happened to me. But I had gotten to a point where I at least knew I accepted that, okay, it wasn't my fault, but there was still some lingering, you know, aspects of it. But what I stopped doing was completely just blaming myself on a consistent daily basis. And that did help change my mindset. So even though I still may blame myself for a while, it it wasn't every single waking hour of the day like I had been doing leading up to this point, you know. And because I wasn't doing this, I was no longer numb to the the emotions and the feelings that went with the healing part of it, you know. And then when I started, you know, speaking better into myself, I began to create an environment where I knew that I could no longer stay in craziness because, let's be honest, for me, craziness was normal. It was very normal. So to come out of that, to come up from that, and to do something different, I wasn't trying to do that. I was terrified, you know. And what I learned during my rock bottom experience is I dug a hole, but I wasn't fully trapped. You know, you can only only dig yourself out of it in order to finally become whole. So even though I was in this pit, in this hole, I had to work to dig myself out of it because if not, I was going to continue to stay down here, and I wasn't trying to do that. I knew he had so much better for me, but I needed to begin the work to see what it is. So if you're blaming your, if you're in your rock bottom experience, stop the blaming. Don't blame yourself because you know accept responsibility for the things that you definitely played a part of. But a lot of times we have some deep underlying ugly rooted things that there's no fault of our own. And so therefore we have to stop blaming ourselves for those things. Because once we start blaming ourselves those ourselves for those things, we can truly accept the responsibility for the things that we actually took part of. Because then we realize like, okay, I couldn't do anything about this, but I could do something about the fact that I pushed Susie off my porch. And I'm saying that, and I'm just describing the name because I did that to a little boy when I was younger. Like, he just made me mad, and I just pushed him right off my porch, and I did not feel bad. But you know what? In all honesty, when I looked at that little boy, he reminded me, he said something that my mother used to say to me when I was little and right before she would hit me, and it triggered me, and I pushed him right off my porch. Now, of course, about two years later when that was brought to me, I I definitely, you know, went to God in repentance and prayed. I'm like, I'm grateful that we were some resilient children and nothing really happened. But it's those types of things because I always blamed me. So every time somebody says something that would trigger something or, uh, or memory, I would react in a way that would make me lash out. 
Now, I wasn't responsible for what happened to me as a child, but I was responsible for pushing that little boy off my porch because that wasn't the right thing to do. You know, 10, the good news is once you hit rock bottom, you know you can't possibly go any lower. Let me say that again. (laughs) When you hit rock bottom, there is nothing lower than rock bottom. There isn't. If there is, please correct me. Please let me know. You, you, you know, you realize the bottom is actually a great springboard to push yourself up to the surface, away from the darkness and back to the light. If you look at, oh, my goodness, what do you call them? The kids jump on them, and I can't think of the name. But you see how low to the ground that is? You have some that's high up, but it's still low to the ground. And they use it to just jump up and they just go up in the air and go up in the air. Really, your rock bottom is that spring. That bottom is actually a jumping board spring. After you've gone through the trials and the tribulations, the hurt and the pain, you now realize that, wait a minute, I don't just have to sit down here any longer. Wait a minute, this this bounces up. This moves. Oh, I can, I can get, to, oh, wait a minute, let's keep going. Let's, let's do it harder and higher. Let's, let's get some out of here. So trust me, it's a springboard because there is no lower than it. No lower. The 11th, you know, I, the 11th lesson that I learned from hitting my rock bottom, it was, it woke me up to how I was, relying on the world and the external things of the world to make me happy. Um, Even though I would never say it, there was a part of me that always was looking for validation, seeking for someone to say, oh, good job, oh, that's great, you did a wonderful job, that pat on the back, you know, pat on the shoulder, you know, that, you know, those accolades. Even though I didn't say that's what I was looking for, I craved it. And it was, you know, devastating a lot of the times. It would take me still in a further place because it was like, well, my goodness, does no one recognize what I do? Does no one care what I do? And I wasn't asking those questions in the right frame. I had an ulterior motive because it was like I was trying to get validation. Again, I was seeking external validation to fill a hole that only God could fill. You know, and when I hit rock bottom, I began to trust myself and to really start that journey within to find my own sense of self, my own sense of purpose, and my own validation. It became like an awakening. It was like, okay, I begin to have great self-talks to myself, you know, for I told someone about about a year or so ago, I was like, up until maybe about two years ago, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. Everyone would always tell me how pretty I was or whatever, but I didn't believe that. I didn't think I was worth any better. So it began this process of hitting rock bottom began for me to talk, I was talking, you know, 
worth it to myself. I would write inspirational little notes and put them on my mirror and, you know, tape them on my notebooks, and I would read them. Now, at the beginning part of this, <laughs> I didn't believe them, but I knew that Life and death always lied in the power of the tongue. And so my thought was if I speak these things and, you know, just continue to put those out there instead of the negative I thought about myself, you know, eventually I will get to that point where I do truly feel this way for myself. And actually it did, you know, because I had to kind of reprogram my whole outlook. I had to reprogram how I spoke to myself. I had to reprogram the value of myself. You know, I had to go from wanting more to knowing that I deserved more and better. See, the wanting more was the the springboard. The Knowing that you deserved more was the final lesson because then it all made sense. It all melds together. So, yes, it is a two-part process. So if you're only still right now at the part of knowing that you want more and you may not fully believe that you deserve it but you know you want more, you are on a good path because it is a process. But you have to speak it into yourself daily. You may write it down, post it notes. I think I should just get stock and post it because I guarantee you I've probably used so many of them. They got different colors, different shapes. I use them. And I would write things to myself, you're pretty, you're intelligent. And a lot of these things were actual facts. Like I'm, I knew I was intelligent. But when you're not made to feel that way, you don't know to believe it in yourself, you know. So you have to have your own validation. And the top final lesson that I learned from hitting my lowest point, I became so grateful for all that I have. From, from that point forward. I was no longer looking at what I didn't have, what, what I was needing, what so-and-so had, what the Joneses had, what the Smiths had. I was no longer, you know, jocking someone else's blessing. I was no longer comparing myself to someone else's blessing. I was grateful for where God had me and what he had for me. And it didn't matter how little it was. It was the fact that God provided that, and it was mine, and he gave it to me. And my situation only got better. You know, I began to smile more. I began to, you know, get out and interact with people more. You know, the, the smallest things became, you know, treasures to me. You know, my constant prayer of gratitude, my constant prayer life with the Father, really seeking him because, like I said earlier, we've had some, I've had some knockdown, drag out arguments with him as to what is going on and why did he do me the way he did me because I felt violated. I felt, you know, like he just left me out there raw, just, you know, laid me bare. But I had to. He had to. 
because he knew that this point in time was coming, and I was at a point seven years ago that I was still playing, that I was still not doing the things he needed me to do, that I still wasn't going through the healing process, and, and it had to happen because so many people were dependent on me doing what I needed to do. And I could no longer be selfish. And, yes, I'm going to say that. I could no longer be selfish and hold back and say that, oh, I am just going through so much and I've gone through this much and I am just so broken and so under overwhelmed with everything that I really just can't do this. There was too many people that are dependent on me sharing my testimony, being transparent, and being here today. So failure was not an option. His word going forth was, you know, being coming back, though, no, is not an option. And that's what we have to understand. His word is always going to be fulfilled. And sometimes he reassigns you, but other times he has to push you. And he pushed me because I'm the reassignment. I'm the reassignment. So, therefore, there is I, there is no other chance, thing, or whatever. You're going to have to get it. I had to get it together because it was great. It was great that he entrusted it and stayed within the family. So, therefore, I have to do what I'm supposed to do. So, I could no longer just lay and be like, okay, I'm just so broken and I can't do this. Like the the gems that I mind in this dark in these darkest moments, it it give it will give you depth, courage, wisdom, and richness that just can't be learned anywhere else. Your ability to fly is in direct proportion to your willingness and courage to face your version of rock bottom. If you've never, you know, been there, you know, you're probably listening to this and like, y'all crazy. <laughs> but if you've ever been there and bounced back to tell your story, you definitely know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, if you're currently sitting on rock bottom and you're still chasing and you're probably saying some not-so-nice words as you listen to this, I know I was there. Someone else may have been talking about it, and I was probably calling them everything but a child of God. I'm going to be honest. I probably was. But, you know, once you're willing to explore your darkest depths, you can truly be of service to the world. Only when the old foundations crumble can you begin to build again on a new solid ground. You know, the gift of rock bottom is something we maybe should be aiming for. So for those who are there, for those who are hitting there, I want to read this little, like, letter that I wrote to myself some years ago. And I want you to take this as we are wrapping to heart because you're going to be, it's going to be fine. If you hit your rock bottom, Breathe. You're going to be okay. I know there's no way to convince you that these are just temporary roadblocks, but look above and trust God. 
you're probably thinking the wrong decisions, the failures, the betrayals, the heartaches. They're all a part what makes you stronger, bolder, and a wiser version of you. The scars they stamp on you will serve as reminders from the toughest battles you survive. Turn your pain into something creative and let it be shared with the people who are going through the same suffering. Pour your unspoken words onto a blank canvas and post them in your Facebook feeds. Take photographs of everything that reminds you of the misery, then put them on Instagram. Tweet about the thoughts that are consuming your mind. Let them all out. For all you know, someone somewhere finds comfort in discovering that they are not alone in fighting their own brokenness. Don't feel ashamed if you can't keep your pillows dry at night as you attempt to gather the shattered pieces of yourself. It's never a crime to be honest and authentic with your emotions. Keep digging through the holes inside your heart that oftentimes make you feel empty. Recall the chances that you let slip through your fingers and watch them go away. But please promise to forgive yourself for all the choices that you thought were good for you, for following your heart even if it was against the will of God, and for the times you felt weak at rock bottom. Forgive others when they take from you, when they take you for granted and belittle you, when they earn your trust only to turn things around against you, when they cheat and promise you lies. Forgive the world and all its fleeting moments that you've experienced in such a short span. Forgive life for taking your loved ones away from you and for wishing, for wishful thinking that wasn't granted in your favor. It's okay you haven't figured it all out, the direction that you're supposed to be taking. Nobody really does. You're just starting to find your place in the midst of uncertain world, and you are followed. You're allowed to fall flat on the ground for a number of times until you learn your best lessons in life. You have a beautiful soul that's both caring but fragile. That's okay. Allow time to give you space to grow and be accepting of all your defeats. Life isn't always going to hand you gold medals and bouquets of roses. Some moments you will want, you will pant and bleed for chasing one thing that you're passionate about, and that's perfectly all right. The finish line, the finish makes every line worth crossing, and you will overcome. I want to thank you for joining us this evening for the Moving Past You radio show. I want you to be sure to visit us on Facebook. Just search for Moving Past You, and you can join us to access show notes, get fantastic bonus content, and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. And if you are on Facebook, you can also find us on Price Orlando Media um, on their page when we do go live. Always remember, to be kind in your words, your thought, and in your deed. Be blessed. I love you, and I will talk to you on next week. Good night.